our good friend Tommy Tarbeville, who's in the city where one time, Pat, I went in basketball season. It was minus 40 Woo. wind chill. And I understand it's a balmy 17 today. So Tommy's sitting out on the deck with his shirt sleeves. Yeah, good just morning. like he does in Destin. Yeah. Good morning, sir. Yeah. Yeah, eating a pizza, eating a pizza, drinking buck, uh, uh, bulletproof coffee. <laughs> it is cold. It ain't supposed to be that cold in early November. There, what is going on? It's crazy. Well, it's not. It's not cold in the south, but it's cold up here. I'm telling you, I, I got here. I got here yesterday. And of course, there's nothing to knock the wind down. And uh, the good old American people up here now. I love the folks. Yes, I sure love going home from here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tommy, before we uh, talk about uh, what's going on, on on the field, I wanted to ask you uh, about the the announcement that came last Friday in which Jay Jacobs announced that he would be stepping down as athletic director at Auburn between now and June of 2018. I know you've been on this program and, and others in which you've talked about, you know, how you've liked the opportunities if it presents itself to you to get into the administrative role of, of athletics and intercollegiate athletics. So I asked the question. If the president of Auburn were to come to you and say, Coach, we'd like to discuss the potential opening at Auburn, would you listen? Would you be interested? Well, as I've told you guys before, you know, I'm going to look at several opportunities uh, in the next couple of months, whether coaching or administration. or I want to do something in sports. You know, I knew I was going to take a year off after last year of leaving Cincinnati and kind of look at certain things. And, uh, uh, and that's what I've done. I'm taking my time. I, I just want to, you know, next seven, eight years, I want to do something that, uh, that's constructive. That's something that I know. Now, uh, that being said that Auburn comes open and I've had all kind of calls, people asking, Hey, this or that, but none that are in the selective mode, you know, just people that love Auburn. And I do too. I, I spent a lot of time there, raised my kids there. And, you know, it, I think it's a great opportunity that uh, uh got a new president and he can he can make auburn great again uh to, to use the term of president trump and bring it back to down to reality and build it back because it's in a mess right now it really is and and y'all just alluded to one of the problems coming out of basketball uh, i know a lot about athletics uh there wouldn't be any more anybody more qualified for me that's all i've ever done is has worked in the athletic department as a coach and all the other areas, budgets and all that. And somebody said, uh, well, he doesn't have any experience. And so, uh, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, that's all I've ever done. And, you know, I'd like to see the university given back to the, the people, all the people, not just a few athletic department, the same, uh, I, I would, uh, because it's, it's a great opportunity for kids to get an education, play sports and, have tremendous, tremendous success. Uh, so, you know, if the opportunity were to come up, obviously I, I would listen. Uh, I know a lot about that situation more than any, anybody else. A lot of people think they do and they really don't. Uh, so, uh, you know, if I were to get a call, I'd sit down and visit and, and, uh, and give my two cents about what I think. And, uh, I'm, I'm just excited about the new structure that will happen there, no matter who they, who they bring in, but there's so many possibilities. And, uh, if, uh, if I were to get a call to come down and just visit, I would tell what I would, I think it needed to happen there. Uh, the direction that they needed to go, whether they hired me or not, I just want them to get them a good person 
that uh, that gives the people back a voice of the university. Put a put a uh, plan together for athletics, not just you know physical and mental. And if they were to do that, man, it would it'd be such a great opportunity to you know for for the athletic department and the university because it's it's really running on fumes right now. And hopefully, hopefully they do the the present. Again, it's him. It's all him. If he does the right thing, gets the right person in there, this thing can really, really grow and be the best athletic department again in the state, uh, not uh, not falling behind like it has in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Okay, so I know you well enough to know you're a competitor. So how does solve those competitive juices, A, and B, what kind of things would you do? Well, you know, the one thing, an athletic director everybody i hear this about i mean it's a business now and all this it's not a business it's still a game and you got our people that know the game no coaching athletic directors should hire coaches number one and manage coaches that's the number one responsibility number two you hire people and put in place to run the business compliance the academics all the areas that are there it's like being a football coach. You hire D-line coaches, offensive coordinators. But the main thing is hire coaches, and they know that you know what they're doing, and you help them. You don't micromanage them. No, but you hire good ones, and that's the number one responsibility. Look at Barry Alvarez, uh, Mike Holder at Oklahoma State, uh, Coach Tanner at South Carolina. You know Who better knows athletics than coaches that's worked in it forever? And again, the number one responsibility is to get people in there that can have success, uh, not a business person that goes in. And, and again, I've said this on this radio show, bean counters and athletics are ruining the sport uh, because they really waste money. They throw the athletic departments behind because, you know, they go through search firms, which is the biggest disaster in the world, hiring the flavor of the year of a football or a basketball coach or women's basketball coach that's one at one certain location that comes in they don't fit in the, the situation that that you have that's open uh but you know that's that's the direction we've gone and we have a lot of athletic programs that are on fire right now that are that are, that are burning very fast we were talking about the competitive side of things and how you wanted to take this year off to kind of assess your future and what direction you want to potentially go in coach how difficult of a decision would it be if you had that opportunity to get back on the field but you also could go down a new road an athletic administrator, how difficult would that decision be or would that would completely depend on what options you have in those two areas? Yeah, it, you know, different situations. Uh, the Auburn situation, obviously, I know that. I know the direction it needs to go. I know the people. Uh, you know, it wouldn't take me three years to just learn my way around town. Right. <laughs> obviously, obviously <laughs> I know the people. I know the people involved. I know most of the coaches. There are the people working in, in the offices and all that. That being said, I mean, it, you know, it's, it'd be a no-brainer if they wanted somebody like me and if I wanted to do that. Now, I'm not 100%, you know, going in and talking to somebody, they might want to do something different, and and, uh, and that'd be fine. But, again, if a, a football job came open that uh, I felt like I'd fit in, uh, I think that would be my number one priority, to be honest with you, uh, because I obviously have done that and had a little bit of success. Tommy, t- Guests on the Birds Bar and uh, Pizza, and we're obviously talking about head coaching, not coordinator. You're beyond all that, right? I mean, we're talking about head coach and um, yeah, yeah, being an AD somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Well, let me ask you on the football field, Coach. Uh, I know you're up in Iowa getting ready for Iowa State and Oklahoma State. We'll ask you about that in just a second. But you're a football coach, and you've seen a lot of Auburn. You've seen a lot of Georgia. Can you kind of go through what you anticipate seeing Saturday between these two just very good football teams, so much on the line for both? Yeah, I've, I've watched every one of Auburn's games. I have the ability to watch any game in the country, the, the coaches film that, that's online. And since I'm, I've been an analyst, and matter of fact, I'm sitting here right now on my desk here in Ames, Iowa, watching Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play last week. Uh, Georgia, I've done two games and saw them personally, watched them practice. Uh, they got a lot of players, and they got a lot of good football players. They're better, obviously, on defense. Uh, they've won defensively this year, especially the tougher games. Uh, you're not going to score a lot of points on them. Uh, I correlate the Notre Dame game. They played the second game of the season. Notre Dame uh, has got a very good offense. Now, it was the beginning of the year, but Georgia held Notre Dame to 55 yards rushing. They got a quarterback that can run. They got running backs that can run, and they're mainly a running team. They held them to 55 yards. Since then, they've averaged 360 yards rushing against every team they played. That tells you how good Georgia is on defense versus a running football team. So you flip that against the Auburn team that is a running football team, uh, there's, there's going to be some clashes. There's going to be some huge contacts. And uh, I think the, the, the ability to, to sustain drives from Auburn is going to be the key to it. Now, flip on the other side, Auburn is the same way. Auburn is very good on defense, very good. And uh, Kevin Steele has done a great job. Uh, they've done a good – their strength is their defensive line. And Auburn is beat up a little bit. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Georgia is beat up a little bit on the offensive line. And they've got a true freshman starting at right tackle. So, I think it's strength uh, versus strength, Auburn's offense versus uh, Georgia's defense. Uh, it's going to be a great game. I've been in many of those. <laughs> it's, it's, you can't tell who's going to win. It's going to be turnovers, to be honest with you. Uh, kicking game, I think Daniel Carlson is going to be the key for Auburn. They're going to have a tough time scoring in the red, red zone. I think his field goal ability, if they can protect it last week, they, they didn't play very good on special teams. Their, their, their front of their field goal protection got pushed back by Texas A&M. But Daniel Carlson could be the key to winning this game, uh, you know, getting in the red zone because there's not going to be a lot of touchdowns scored by either team, I don't think, in the red zone. Defenses are too good. So you've got a defensive mind, obviously. Is this a no-brainer? You stack the box and you force from the throw, right? You've got to stop Georgia's run. Well, both sides. I mean, you yeah. you stack the box with Georgia and force Stedham to throw, and you do the same thing for for uh, From. Now, From has gotten better. Uh, they don't live and die off the uh, throwing the football. They haven't had to. they got three very capable and good running backs. Again, their offensive line is not the best it's ever been. It's 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 really the offensive running backs and and the receivers. Terry Godwin is the best receiver, number five for Georgia, and uh, he can make plays. But uh, neither team is going to win this game throwing the football unless unless somebody just shows up because that hadn't happened uh, in any games this year. It's going to have to be the running backs from either team, and they're going to have to make. They're going to break tackles, get a lot of yards after contact, and the kicking game is going to play a huge factor. Coach, I want to ask your opinion of Alabama. They have been hit really hard with injuries the last couple of weeks, and trying to finish an SEC season is tough enough, and they've got so much to play for in the next couple of weeks. But they've got to go over to Startville, a tough place to play, as you know, being in this league and being just right down the road at Ole Miss for a few years playing 
the Bulldogs. What do you think about this Alabama football team, and, and can they get through these injuries? They've got a lot of young guys now having to step up. It's going to put Jalen Hurt in the in the limelight even more. Uh, you know, they have they they've been very unlucky. Obviously, everybody knows that on defense in terms of injuries this year that happens. Uh, the thing about Alabama and Nick Saban's teams over the last few years is they have a lot of depth. But they're running now with some third-team guys that's having to fill in because of season-ending injuries. And that really pays a toll. Uh, the experience factor is starting to fall in. Now, again, that being said, they're still going to be good on defense to a certain degree. Uh, but Jalen Hurt is their, is, is their key factor and has been. You know, last year they were, I thought, at the beginning of the season, watching them, very good team. But without Jalen Hurt in there, they were a 10-2 team. With him in there making big plays out of bad plays, uh, you know he's a he's a guy that can be a difference. He's going to be a difference the rest of the season if they continue to win. He's going to have to make the big plays that when when somebody's not blocked, make somebody miss, go down the field, keep the chains moving. Uh, but they're still good on defense, and you know they, they they do such a good job of coaching technique. You you live and die off technique, but those young kids don't know the technique as well as the older players, and that's that's where the that's where your mistakes start to happen when you start playing with down-the-line players. They might be great players, but again, that is a structured defense built on knowing what to do and everybody play play together. It's not one of those shoot-and-holler defenses where you just try to make plays. Uh, it, it's it's well-versed in technique. Tommy, you've coached linebackers in Miami and everywhere and always had talented ones. Um, what – does Jeremy Pruitt have to do at Alabama with all the injuries there and then going against a guy that's an RPO and you know inside backers and outside backers, very key that they read what Nick Fitzgerald's going to try to do Saturday. So that's a precarious deal. Yeah, Nick Fitzgerald's not going to outrun you. He's just going to pound you and get those three or four yards. He's like a tailback playing quarterback. Uh, they'll take the RPOs away from the outside in. You know, they again very sound technique and quarter and the corners and the safeties. Uh, they're not going. They're going to cover down. They're going to have enough people out to take away the outside RPO. So uh, they'll they'll play from the outside in. They'll probably force Nick Fitzgerald to run the ball. That's what I would do. Uh, and I pound him. He's not going. He's not going to run away from you like a running back or a wide receiver will. Uh, I've noticed some other teams have done that. And so you just got to. It's like the the old wishbone. You know, playing the RPOs. You know, you're going to take the dive or the quarterback or the pitch. You can't take all of them away. You know, one of them you've got to you've got to take your poison and right. and just 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 make the plays and and that would be what would happen. And now again, I'm I'm not I'm not Jeremy Pruitt. He's done a good job, but uh, that that that's what we used to do playing the old Oklahoma teams, playing Jamel Holloway and those guys in the wishbone when I was at Miami. Uh, we we'd force the fullback and take the ball out of the quarterback's hands. And the pitch hands because you know they're the most talented guys and make them hand the ball off and and uh, you know hopefully get them in third and long and of course force them to throw the ball. Coach, before we let you go, I had to ask you about the game you're doing tomorrow morning, eleven o'clock kickoff in Ames between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Iowa State's pulled off some very big wins this year. Coach Campbell's done a fantastic job up there. But what about this Oklahoma State team? They're trying to lick their wounds after the loss to Oklahoma and try to get back in the conversation for potentially play for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I've sat there watching again. I've watched it about three times, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and it's just it's like video ball. You know, <laughs> nobody tackles anybody. Yeah. Throw it and 
And, <laughs> and it's amazing. And, and again, it, it doesn't surprise me. I coached in this league for three years and a lot of good skilled players. And it's just a given, hey, if they score, just go out and you try to score. You know, who's got the ball last? Uh, Iowa State, I did them last week in Virginia, West Virginia, and they, and they lost. Uh, uh, it, this is not a, a, a conference of defense, as we know. And the, and the two teams that are really three teams that are best on defense, and the team that's coming on strong now, coming on very strong, is Texas. Um, they're going to get the players in there. Uh, Herman Tom's a good friend of mine. He's a good football coach. But the probably best D coordinator in the country is Todd Orlando. The D coordinator was at Houston now, that, now at Texas. They held Oklahoma State to 10 points and played very close to Oklahoma. If you play defense, I mean, this, you don't have these big, big numbers, but this league's all about quarterbacks and throwing it down the field. Iowa State's got a good team. They're not great. Uh, you know, they they uh, they just plug around, and they're plus 10 on turnovers, meaning they've had 10 more turnovers than anybody else. They don't make penalties. It's a, a lot of it's Paul Rhodes' players. They're mostly seniors on defense. Uh, and I like Matt Campbell. I've coached against him when it was Toledo, and he's going to be a good young coach coming up. But he's 9-12. and 12. Everybody said, man, he's, he's a great coach. Yeah, he's 9-12 and 12, uh, since he's been here uh, at Iowa State. And, and they, they beat a, a decent TCU team and, a, and, and did beat Oklahoma. Uh, they just, you know, they made some plays at the end. But I'm anxious to see how Iowa State plays after, after losing last week to West Virginia at home. This is their last home game against an Oklahoma State team that's going to be running on fumes because they let it all go last week against Oklahoma. Uh, so, yeah, we'll start on ABC tomorrow at 11, and then I'm going to head to the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings right afterwards and watch Auburn and Georgia and then watch uh, Alabama and Mississippi State. That should be should be a fun day tomorrow. So what you're saying is you can't get a flight out. <laughs> no, no, no. Huh? No, you can't get No, you can't. Because <laughs> no, I know your butt would be on that plane <laughs> as soon yeah, as you it, could. It, I would be headed back. My, the next flight to Atlanta from Des Moines, which is 30, 40 miles away, is 6 in the morning. So uh -huh. uh, I get up I get up about 3 and have my car running and uh, head on back and get back to get back to God's country down there, there you go. and get some of that warm weather. 